This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. This weekend's runoff to see who the primary candidates will be to be the next president of France left us with Emmanuel Macron and Marine Le Pen. And in two weeks' time, the country will vote again amongst the two remaining candidates as to the next leader of the country. It becomes a very important time, especially for Le Pen, who is seen to be more like President Trump. Meanwhile, Macron has received the support of President Obama. To look at what we saw from this weekend and to look ahead, we are joined uh, in studio by Wharton Finance pre- uh, Professor Joao Gomes. And then joining us on the phone is Olivier Chatan, who's an associate professor of strategy and business policy uh, department at HEC Paris. He's also a senior fellow at the Mac Institute for Innovation Manage- Management here at the Wharton School. Joao, great to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Dan. Good morning. Thank you. Olivier, great to have you back as well. Thank you very much, Dan. Hello, Joanne. Hello, Olivier. Thank you. Uh, first, I guess, uh, Olivier, your thoughts on, on how this all played out yesterday with, uh, with uh, the two candidates, Macron and Le Pen, moving on. So I guess the biggest surprise that there was actually no surprise uh, in terms of results, uh, given the, the polls we had in the week leading to the elections, uh, turned out these polls were pretty, pretty down accurate. Uh, and uh, there was also a lot of talk over the weekend of the potential impact of a terrorist attack on the Champs-Élysées on Friday. And there was no impact, which kind of tells us also that uh, maybe the French people are, are more resilient than we can give them credit for. So yeah. we have a very unprecedented situation now with, uh, let's, let me put this in, in U.S. terms, it's as if you had uh, a, a presidential election, and there's not a Democrat or Republican for whom you can vote. So this is a major realignment, potentially. Uh, and there was still a little bit of a surprise, at least uh, as for, for myself, which was that Le Pen was not first. And uh, everyone took for granted, at least, you know, two years back, that she would be first in the first, first run. Uh, but it turned out it was Macron who was first. So maybe we can see that as a as a revolt of the centrists and the supporters of European integration, uh, which is a bit of a, uh, let's say, a contrariant, given what everyone's expectations have been in the past months and years. Joa? Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise, maybe a good surprise, that Le Pen was not the first. I think it does change the dynamics for the second round. I think everybody sort of assumes Macron is going to win the second round. Uh, we we'll may- should maybe wait a couple of days just to make sure the polls don't don't change too dramatically. But, but I think the fact that she did not win the first round, is, is there's some symbolism about it. Having said that, just to focus on the issues ahead, um, th- there's going to be problems. Um, you know, Macron does not have a party to support him. Winning the presidential election is step one, but then what can he actually do um, in the months and years ahead? We have a parliamentary election, I guess, next um, in June, uh, and he doesn't really have a party behind him to to help him implement. Um, his economic and political plan, whatever that may be. And that's, I guess, step two. Nobody really knows what his presidency is going to be about. He's young. He doesn't have a lot of experience. And most importantly, does not have a lot of foreign policy experience. And a lot of what France is going to face in the coming years has to do with its relationships with Germany, with the UK, and the whole entire Brexit negotiation and reshaping of the European Union. So I think when you look at the presidency, you could say the least 
troublesome candidate is probably going to win, but that doesn't solve anything in particular. That just sort of continues the status quo in lots of ways. And it raises more questions than, than what it actually answers just right now. Olivia, give us a little synopsis of uh, Mr. Macron and really give us a look inside of who he is and, and what he is going to represent, because as you both have kind of alluded to, this is this is unique. Uh, this is going to change politics uh, in France, especially if he does win the election coming up in two weeks time. So who, who is Macron? I guess it depends who you who you ask. Uh, if you people who don't like him will say that he's just a former investment banker, that he's naive, young, and probably very superficial and and full of I don't know maybe arrogance, and is uh, just another representative representative of the of the establishment. So that would be one view. Uh, another view is that is actually the only person in that race who had anything that looked like a positive message about, yeah, we can actually do something as a country. And he was about the only, I would say, the only candidate who was unabashedly uh, saying that the European Union is actually a good thing, even though yeah. it needs to be changed. Uh, watching TV last night was actually big symbolism. Is that at his, for his um, his speech, you you would see a lot of European flags in the crowd, which of course were distributed by the campaign, and that was the only one among the candidates who was saying like, look, we, we don't have to be ashamed of that. There are problems, but this is something that we we care about. And if you look at the people who were supporting him, that would be. This is why it's good to contrast him to, to Fillon, the, the right-wing candidate who, who lost, who I would say that Fillon was extremely pro-business, but to some extent, you could say that, and I want to introduce that nuance, that Macron is more pro-market. Mm -hmm. so the people who were with him were more like entrepreneurs, uh, startup uh, business people, as opposed to people from established firms. So you can see a, a bit of a, the nuance there. But I agree with, with Jean, it's... Uh, you know, we're, we're absolutely in uncharted territory. I mean, one year ago, the fact that he would even make to the second one, no one would have bet on, on it. I would not have bet on it. From the f financial perspective, I mean, what this election will, could mean what for France and its relationship with the EU? Obviously, we have two candidates yeah. left. One is a little bit more EU and, and in favor mm -hmm. of the euro mm -hmm. than Marine Le Pen is, Joao. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, what is the potential impact we're talking about here? Um, I think Marine Le Pen would be obviously extremely disruptive. Uh, it would reset the whole uh, European Union agenda for the next um, five years, probably. Uh, and, and that would have a, a negative impact that I think it's, it's almost impossible to anticipate, but it would certainly be negative in all sorts of dimensions. I think with Macron, we actually don't know. I think it depends a lot. I think a lot of the things that, that he wants to accomplish in terms of flexibility of labor markets, um, reduction in corporate income tax codes, um, I, I think sort of a general pro-growth type environment that clearly markets have, have responded to and, and would, would like to believe. But but the ability to execute, I think, is the, the, the question mark. Mm -hmm. And it's been plagued a lot of French presidents. I think, you know, traditionally, French presidents, the first thing you do is you, you, you have a parliamentary election immediately afterwards that gives you large majority support and the ability to sort of implement your agenda. Right. It's very unlikely this will happen this time. It's extremely unlikely. It really does not. In some ways, although it's an established candidate he sort of run against established parties um, it's not obvious that he will have the ability to to pursue this kind of centrist governing from the center is very difficult and it's, it's almost I mean he, he started trying to do the Tony Blair 
type uh, third way approach in, in England, but Tony Blair had the party to, to come from. It, right. it doesn't. So I think this is good uh, for a few months. We're going to feel great about it. The alternative was horrible, but but I'm, um, I'm just not that optimistic. And I think ultimately the constraints on France are the constraints of being in the European Union, of having relatively large debt, relatively low growth, and, and a lot of the agenda is going to be dictated by its relationship with, with, with Germany and the new German Chancellor in October. So um, I don't think it changes that much mm-hmm. uh, going forward. Olivier? Well, I, I really agree with, with Jao that the, the coming parliamentary elections will really be the, the thing to watch. So we have, so we have a, another three rounds of elections to come, like the second round of the presidential election and then two more rounds of parliamentary elections. And that's going to really determine the extent to which uh, Macron or Le Pen, whoever is the winner, because actually it would be a problem for both of them, it would also be a problem for Le Pen, would be mm-hmm. able to go there uh, following their the platform on which they've been elected. Uh, and in the case of Macron, but also in the case of Le Pen, if, uh, if she might be elected, it's really unclear to which extent they could get uh, a majority. Now, there's some historical precedent uh, that the French might want to give a chance to a newly elected president. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a bit of that. So I'm maybe not as... In the case of Macron, assuming he, he might get elected, uh, I, I'm not as pessimistic maybe as Jaron in terms of his ability to, to get a majority of some form. But clearly, this is uncharted territory. It, it does seem, though, that in the wake of this round of the elections, Olivier, that a lot of the candidates that did not... Uh, wind up in the final two were immediately throwing a lot of their support behind Mr. Macron. And, and because you also have the other elections as well coming up, uh, what strength is there in this party, in this Enmarche party, uh, for potentially those elections coming up in the next few months? Yeah, so it's a very interesting phenomenon because they, I would say they don't define themselves really as, as a party, but more as a, as a movement. They have been in the process of selecting candidates for each uh, constituency for the for parliament. And clearly they are going to... So it was very interesting last night on, on TV, you had uh, the, the other parties, most, most of them really just not liking Le Pen and having major issues with uh, the Front National saying, OK, well, well going to vote for, for Macron, but don't forget, vote for us when it comes to parliamentary elections. Right. Uh, so there's going to be a lot more competition at that point, mm-hmm. and that's going to be very interesting, and there's going to be the acid test to, to see whether Macron, or, or maybe Le Pen, if she gets elected, will be able to really transform the system. So coming in second then, uh, Joao, what is the path that you think that, that Marine Le Pen needs to take because certainly she has gotten uh, an unbelievable amount of publicity mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. last few months. Obviously, her name is is known worldwide more so than than Macron was in, in the sure. last in the last month or so. For sure. Um, for my, I always thought the Marine Le Pen's agenda was really five years from now. I think that this was just step one. I think she was realistic about her chances. I don't think there was a single poll that put her in first place. Uh, unless somehow um, Mélenchon passed to the second round. I don't think there was any chance that she could win. I think their step one is to wipe out the traditional right and to coalesce a lot of these votes uh, into a sort of more um, acceptable Front National. And I think this is it. Uh, yeah. And I think that the real test is five years from now when we have another president that might not be a very successful president um, and will fail to deliver on, on you know, maybe one last hope 
um, for the for the French establishment, that's when Marine Le Pen really becomes a very viable candidate. So look, I, I think she's actually perfectly okay losing this election right? Um, and moving forward. Olivier? Yeah, there's, there's a bit of that. And I think there's also potentially a lot of tensions within the, the Front National between uh, Marine Le Pen and a faction who's actually represented by her niece. So you, you have to see the Front National as, as a family business. So you have the, the grandfather, you have the the, you have the father, now you have the, the daughter, but you also have a niece who's much more, prop, who's very young, but also a proponent of co-opting part of the of the mainstream right. So what's going to be interesting to watch is the extent to which the traditional right, the uh, Republican movement, is going to split or not uh, in the next month. And that's going to be a major key to understand the, the long-term future of the Front National. Mm-hmm. An analogy that Americans may appreciate is in, you know, this is a bit like the 2012 election where you have a president that is acceptable and everybody's relatively agrees it's a good, it's a good choice. And then if the president starts down not to work so well, then you may have a reaction against him four years later. And I think Marine Le Pen sort of did that calculation in her head as well. Uh, this is the last hope, I think, for France. And, and it's sort of standard. It's it, it's already not one of the established mm-hmm. candidates, but it's still sort of a, an acceptable centrist choice for a lot of people. Um, if we have another failed presidency, and Hollande's presidency has been, I think, by all accounts, uh, by all by all sort of, uh, I don't know, all parts of the political spectrum took it to be an utter disaster. Right. Another five years of this, and I think um, it's perfect for so Japan. You think, so you think that we go five years down the road, uh, the, the next cycle of this, Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's really could be Marine Le Pen's to, absolutely. to to lose at that point. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah, Olivier. I think so I don't think we should be looking at this as a great victory and a great moment for European Union and, right. and, and France. Hope. I think it is the last opportunity for for a lot of uh, for France for sure, but for countries in Europe to get their act together. Olivier. Well, I'm. I mean, that's certainly what a lot of people are are feeling and, and saying. Uh, but that is still giving a lot of credit, I would say, to to Le Pen in a way that reflects a bit more what I would say journalists and pundits think, as opposed to what what French people think. I mean, another scenario, catastrophic scenario, is actually a takeover from the extreme left, which is mm-hmm. another possibility. So mm-hmm. it's not just just Le Pen. Uh, and in that respect, I agree that uh, the next president needs to to deliver. Somehow, uh, and it's not necessarily easy. At the same time, there's some a bit of luck. Is that uh, the past five years there was a lot of, uh, of headwinds that are kind of uh, receding now, so it may be easier to start something now than, than five years ago. In it, case. it is interesting, though, Olivier, that, that Mr. Macron is somebody as you both alluded to early on. I mean, he hasn't held an elected office before, mm-hmm. um, and so you know with. With quite a few of of the pieces of what is expected of a president of the country, he is to a degree just as new as Donald Trump is here in the United States. Uh, yeah, with, with a slight difference, uh, he was actually minister of uh, finance for right. for some time, so he he had experience of actually trying to pass a law in parliament. Uh, which is something that Donald Trump found that it was actually harder than he thought. Uh, and this is something that was... It, so, so he is a public servant. Uh, that's part of his experience. So he knows about how to 
make things work. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing that is not clear with him is can he actually uh, act as a politician? So on the, on the technocratic side, is is certainly well equipped. On the politician side, we are all skeptical, but A is, is qualified for the second round. Who would have thought that? 844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join in and have a comment or ask a question. We're talking about the French elections uh, process from uh, yesterday and moving forward. Olivier Chatin joining us on the phone. Uh, Wharton's uh, Joao Gomez joining us uh, here in studio. 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, then you can send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, Olivier, the, the reaction by the markets around the globe uh, obviously has been very strong here in the U.S. and, and in other markets as well. Uh, and any any surprise to your uh, to your degree that that we are seeing such a strong reaction here in the early hours after what happened yesterday? Uh, actually, yes, I was I was not expecting that that much of a move. Uh, it seemed that there was even more anxiety in the market than people would have thought. And and don't forget that even early next week there was an, a nightmare scenario that could have been to have Le Pen versus. Jean-Luc Mélenchon, which is like extreme left versus extreme right. right. In the second round, uh, which would have been, at least in my view, uh, uh, really mm-hmm. a catastrophe uh, of, a, of a very different uh, order. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was kind of price in the market. So I am. So I, I don't know how to make uh, out of that. Maybe Joan will have more insight on this. <laughs> yeah. But to me, it seemed like a, a bigger reaction than what I would have expected. Joao? No, I... I... It wasn't bigger than I would have expected, I think. But it is, to me, largely reflects the fact that Melanchon didn't didn't pass to the second round. I think that's a really great relief for the market. Um, yeah, but other, but otherwise, I think it's the first day response. I don't think it's going to last very long. Um, you know, obviously, we'll look at the opinion polls for the second round. But assuming nothing changes, I don't think it's going to last very long. It's just a relief rally, as they as they call it. And, uh, but of a magnitude that I think is is what you would expect. So, Olivier, Olivier, what will we see in the next couple of weeks uh, in the run-up to the next election, next piece to the election? So, what I would like to watch is whether, uh, you know, to what extent the voting opinion is, and, and polls are going to move on or not. Because right now, I mean, the, we're not talking of a, the Trump versus Clinton situation. It's more like, for those who can remember, McGovern versus Nixon in, in 72 in terms of where we start now. And right. I don't know how in two weeks mm-hmm. Le Pen can really change things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would expect things to narrow down. I would try to think, to look for the extent to which there would be participation to the vote. Because I have to mention this, the, the turnout in was 78% for this election. Uh, and uh, the comparison number for the U.S., for that election was 55%. So you have a very high turnout. Mm-hmm. And so if the turnout remains high, I don't see how Le Pen can, can, mm-hmm. cannot be really defeated. If the turnout goes down or people think that they should rather have a nice weekend and go you know, <laughs> vacation, uh, that then Le Pen will have a much higher score. So that will be one thing to, to watch. But in part of this is that Marine Le Pen, because of what we mentioned before about the support that the other candidates received, Marine Le Pen has to be trying to, to bridge some uh, mm-hmm. some gaps here in the next two weeks so that she can you know kind of draw some of these uh, some of these voters from the other parties. Over to over to her side of the ticket, Olivia. Yeah, well, I think I mean, 
she will probably get a lot more supporters coming from the disappointed electors of uh, Fillon because they just hate the Mélen, uh, sorry, they hate Macron and, and Hollande so much. She will get people from a couple of minor candidates. It's going to be 5 or 6 percent uh, to, to get there. Uh, potentially, some people who like Mélenchon will abstain. Some of them will say that, you know, we, we just hate everything, so we might as well vote for Le Pen. So she has upward potential. Now, uh, to get to 50 percent plus one is an incredibly tall order, mm-hmm. I think. Well, and actually, apparently, uh, uh, President Hollande is now urging uh, French voters to to pick Macron over Le Pen. Uh, you kind of mentioned about, or I guess uh, Joao mentioned about some of the uh, issues that President Hollande mm-hmm. has had along the way. What does what does that uh, little piece to it, Olivier, uh, mean to this? Having Hollande saying, "Okay, go with Macron over Le Pen." So it's kind of a right. Uh, if I if I were uh, Hollande, I, w- I would say that, but not too loud, because <laughs> the more the more he endorses Macron, it's going to potentially backfire. Yes. But but don't forget, Macron was essentially a, a protege of Hollande, who decided to to burn ships and and go away, thinking that Hollande could not could not do the job. So it's very mm-hmm. very strange relationship, I would say. Mm-hmm. Joie. No, I think the the things that I'm going to watch, everything uh, Olivia said, I I, I think is important. But uh, two things that I'll I'll watch is the ability of of Marine Le Pen to to sort of attract votes from the extreme left and to to what extent those people really uh, become Front National uh, voters, at least in the near term. And most importantly, I think I'm going to look at the the opinion polls for the next parliamentary election. Um, Just what exactly, now that people are sort of understand that the next president is probably going to be Macron, how do they feel about supporting him with... With, with an endorsement in, in parliamentary seats. I think that's the most important. I, I take for granted that he's going to win, subject to not abstention not rising too, too high. But, but I think it's uh, what are the opinion polls for the next election look like? Uh, that tells me about his ability to actually execute. Um, if Macron does win the election in, in two weeks' time, Olivier, what does he have to do to try and and be an effective president moving forward? And, and playing off of exactly what you and, and Joao have both talked about is that he needs to have support in, in parliament as well. Yeah, I think this is, I cannot emphasize more what John j- just said, that this is really the, the key piece. Uh, if, he, if there's no clear majority, if there is, uh, I mean, you could imagine Macron having to deal with a right-wing uh, a classic right-wing prime minister, mm-hmm. in which case Macron will be essentially neutered. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could imagine having a mix, uh, having uh, a, a chamber with no clear majority, which could be worked out in other countries, but in this country there's no clear culture about that because of the, of the voting system. You could imagine voters deciding to, okay, let's, let's jump even more into the unknown and uh, let's vote for, for Macron so that he can have actually a coalition of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And again, this, this is a possibility. It's hard to see because it has never been done. Let me ask you this as we wrap it up. Um, the, the, the normal traditional parties that have been uh, in play for the most part in France over the, over the decades, what does this mean for them going forward, not only uh, you know, in the future for another potential presidential race down the road, but also for Parliament, which, which obviously will be the next key piece, as you mentioned, Olivier? 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to fight for survival. Uh, first, because uh, the first round votes determine the amount of public support they would get. So that, that's a very, very big deal for them. And uh, the Socialist Party is almost dead at this point. Uh, it's, it's about to split, uh, I would say. You would have an incredible amount of recrimination on the, on the right wing with people trying to say, well, maybe we should lie to the Front National, or another be like, well, this is not something we can do because Marine Le Pen remains toxic, especially after her, her last comments about uh, right. France's responsibility during the, for deportation of Jews in, in World War II, which was actually incredibly idiotic and weaving at the same time. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, this is, I think these parties are really in a terrible shape which may leave a lot of space for something else. What that something else is, we, we don't know yet. Great to have you both with us. Thank you, uh, Olivier. Thanks for joining us on the phone. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Joao, great to see you again. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Olivier Chatan joining us uh, from uh, across the uh, across the Atlantic uh, from HEC Paris. And uh, Wharton uh, Finance uh, Professor Joao Gomes joining us here in studio. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.